Hello and welcome to the Am I a Feminist podcast. In this podcast we explore if feminism is just about equality, why do so many men and women find the term just a little bit offensive? Should we be feminists? What is feminism all about today? I'm Kerry Griffiths, I'm a proud feminist and in this series marking International Women's Day I'm going to be interviewing some leading feminists and finding out the answers to the above. Hello, welcome along again. I am delighted today. I have got an amazing guest, Laura Whitcomb. She's going to talk to us all about her journey with feminism. Um, I'll give you a bit of an intro to her. So she's a campaign coordinator and spokesperson for the 30% Club, which she'll tell us about in a second. She's also a digital and print journalist and editor, and she's the co-author of Money Made Easy. Um, and she's also a woman in German journalism committee member. So loads going on there, Laura. And I'm so pleased that you are here to talk to us about feminism. But kick off by telling us all about you, please. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, so yes, I am uh, the 30% Club's campaign coordinator and for any of you that don't already know, the 30% Club is uh, a gender diversity campaign at its heart. It was set up about 10 years ago by Dame Helena Morrissey to try to get more women into the boardrooms of uh, the biggest companies in the UK. Um, and at the time there were only about 10-12% women on boards and today 11 years on since our launch there are 36% women in the boardrooms of the biggest 100 companies um, and so you know there's progress um, the 30% club name I think can all can sometimes be misconstrued because you know our goal is parity we want as many women as men um, and so sometimes people ask why aren't we the 50% club but yeah. the answer is we're a global campaign these days and some countries you know they're still in single figures um, in terms of their female representation so there's lots of work uh, to do um, but the, the campaign works by chairs and CEOs of the world's biggest companies coming together and committing to boost female representation of their companies um, and you know uh, all the way up to board level but obviously that starts you know at entry level too um, so yeah it's a really interesting job and uh, a great cause. I bet it is and absolutely amazing to work in an arena that you're passionate about it makes such a difference doesn't it to actually know that what you're doing has an impact and makes a difference in the world. Laura would you be able to tell me a little bit maybe about your kind of um, journey with feminism and why it was important to you? Uh, well um Probably a good time to tell you that I studied politics at university. Yeah. Um, and my first real, I suppose, awakening to feminism was actually uh, studying GCSEs in Swansea and my English teacher put before us The Handmaid's Tale. And that book changed my life. Really? Um, I the one that's had... now on Netflix, yeah? <laughs> yes, yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've still got my copy from when I was 16, 17 and all my hands, you know, scri um, scribbled notes in the margins. Um, and that book, I was reading it um, just in the run up to 9-11. And actually, I, I was sat in my classroom on, on that 
awful day when you know we found out what, about that awful awful terrorist atrocity and the night before I had been googling the Taliban because so much of the handmaid's tale is you know based on on regimes like the Taliban and all of a sudden I was awoken to the world that you know what was what I was reading may have been a work but it was you know reality in some senses for so many women around the world and it was because of that experience that I chose to study politics um, and I went off to Bath Uni to do that um, and so I was exposed then to the worlds of political ideology and I've also I've always been quite an outspoken individual and very nosy and would hate anybody telling me I can't do anything because I'm a woman you know so I suppose that was my early um experience of feminism and then I have to say I kind of put it on the back burner mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while you know I've, I've always been a feminist in that I completely agree that women should be treated equally to men that's the definition of feminism and I am a feminist it's simple and I would hope that all of my friends and family are also feminists um but I kind of I fell into a career in journalism and I never really felt like a woman until I got engaged I didn't feel like a woman professionally until I got engaged I don't feel like I was missing out on opportunities I didn't really feel I was progressing at any different rate to any of my male peers um but I remember going to a job interview not long after I'd been engaged and I thought I better take my ring off because all of a sudden I thought they might look at me and think oh well she's getting married she'll probably have a baby soon she won't be committed you know we might rule her out and I think from then on I became much more aware of the impact of my gender on my career yeah and I'm yeah you know I might be overstating the experience but that's definitely when I started to think about it and now I'm in a role where you know gender inequality is my bread and butter you know I'm thinking about (laughs) it all day every day so that's been my art really that makes sense. And actually, Laura, I think it's a really important journey to share with the audience because when you are in the early stages of a career, often as a woman, you aren't noticing any kind of unconscious bias and you're not noticing any difference in your journey or the pace. Um, and very much what you're seeing with the 30% club is it's as you progress and as you move up that ladder that sometimes those things become more prominent don't they so women who potentially are sitting there thinking well I just don't see inequality around me potentially haven't um, experienced the the stages of their career where it becomes more prominent and that's probably um, an eye-opener for a lot of women as they get older and as they progress through their career and they go for new jobs and they kind of get into environments where there is a lot more exposure to to this kind of unconscious bias or sometimes conscious bias is that that's when we become more aware of our feminism is is still important there's still a road and a path that needs to be trodden and we haven't actually got to all the outcomes that we want to so 
I wanted to ask you, Laura, um, what do you think the starting point is if you're a woman who is kind of at that stage of, of your career where it's just fine, like life is just fine and you're not noticing it particularly. Is there anything that you would kind of advise or anything that you think these women should be thinking about bigger picture wise? That's a big question and a good one. I think it depends what you want from your career and when you want it you know there's a lot I think the sentiment that women can have it all in some respect is great and empowering but in other respects what it actually does is put a tremendous amount of pressure on you it's quite overwhelming oh yeah it really can be and I think when you get to a crossroads in your professional life which might be when you become a manager for the first time or when you're starting to think about having a family and you might have a career break or you know whatever it might be I think there is um, the time you need to really sit back and think what do you really want from the job where do you want to be in five years time and 10 years time and 20 years time And what's going to help you get there? Because I think we can all be caught up in the frantic pace of working life. And especially in the early part of your career where you are really thinking about, you know, moving up the ladder all the time and proving yourself and building a network and all of those things. I think you can be distracted by all all those competing things. And you're not necessarily finding the most efficient journey to the things that might become really important to you down the line. You know, whether that's working flexibly or managing people or managing a huge budget or being asked to be on a podcast or broadcasting to the nation, whatever that might be. I think the most important thing I would say is try to work out what your priorities are because that will help you sort of cancel out some of the white noise in the background. Definitely. It's about being true to yourself, isn't it, Laura? And and being true to yourself without being a, with being able to, like you say, cancel out that noise and actually establish what that real truth is. Um, have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Have you read this book, Laura? No, I haven't. I oh, haven't. it's um, an amazing... a lot about her in the book. Have you? Oh, so it's an amazing book. And there's this part in the book about like a memo you get when you become a mum and she writes it you know like the memories that our parents got and the memories our grandparents got and the memories we got and it's just kind of this concept of kind of what we think um we should be you know so our parents were basically kind of given a memo of make sure they're fed and they're healthy um and you know get to school and then we've been given this memo of like this massive list that we've got to achieve and you know like it's just like this all-encompassing kind of pressure on us and I think kind of where feminism is at the moment is kind of the fight back of that you know we talks there about kind of being true to yourself and establishing that flexible working or what that looks like and a lot of feminism I think is about actually not feeling like you need to be the one who is wonder woman you know I think you can have that pressure on your shoulders can't you Laura that actually if I'm going to be a successful woman I've got to be able to do it all and have it all and in reality 
knowing what you really want and doing less but being happier is such an amazing outcome yeah I mean it's definitely something that I've learned in the last few years um I had a very busy job um and it was quite stressful at times and um I had a one-year-old son at the time I started a, a new job so you know I kind of had all those insecurities about not being good enough and needing to prove myself and all of those things that we all you know encounter at certain times and I was doing doing the job so like I said my son was only one I'd already felt this huge pressure to lose my baby weight so you know I've been on this huge like health kick during my maternity leave I'd lined up this new job, which was really exciting. And it had come, you know, after a period of maternity leave. So I think I'd been quite an anxious about whether having a baby would completely disrupt my career traje trajectory. And um, so, but there I was, I was doing this job. I was thinner. I was, you know, I was... Nailing it. I, I'm all, yeah, yeah I, I was feeling really stretched, I suppose. And we took on... A house extension at the same time and you know life was just manic and so I felt the pressure of all of these things of of having to have a good job of being a perfect wife and mother and looking good and feeling good and having friends and doing all those things and actually it became this overwhelming burden and something had to give and um and it did and that during that time I also suffered a miscarriage which was traumatic you know it happens to so many women and I think I entered a period of grief and then reflection and I had to to kind of I had to put my priorities in order I think and oh, I had to accept that sorry Laura we are being interrupted by the dog that was just making a hell of a noise scratching I'm so sorry <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> podcast guest the dog is now on the video carry on put you put um, your priorities you in order. back or just start from scratch we'll what cut that bit out probably so yeah just say just say like you had to get your priorities in order then laura is that right okay yeah so yeah so i think it really forced me to put my priorities in order because it was a i'd had this you know horrible experience and and life had kind of felt like it would gotten out of control a bit i was doing too much and you know miscarriage can happen whether or not you're busy you know I'm not saying yeah. that one caused the other but I had to reflect on whether having it all was even a sensible thing to one because actually I think what feminism should be about is the freedom of choice right yes yeah freedom of opportunity all, all of the opportunities that are afforded to men should be afforded to women and we should be able to make the decisions that best fit our lives and needs at the right time. Absolutely. Lord, it's so brave of you to share all of that. And my heart does go out to you. And I think it is absolutely relatable, that kind of journey that you've been on. And I think for women listening along, I hope that they would be able to take some kind of comfort from the understanding that when you know what your priorities should be 
you're you're more able to make decisions that will do you well in the long term I think you're right feminism is about being able to to do that don't you find Laura that we we have this image of perfection and this image of what success looks like that we kind of re we need to remodel and we need to take the hustle out of it I'm hoping lockdown will do that actually you know that we've changed the pace and the idea of hustle and the idea of having it all doesn't become the goal anymore yeah I mean in in some respects lockdown has forced forced a lot of us to do less in some ways I mean it it you can argue the opposite of yeah, course yeah. You can say, well the, the, the I live in London you know uh, for me uh, an hour commute each way is the norm so I've got two hours back and so I can work longer um by not commuting um I think lockdown will have changed a lot of our lived experience won't it and that will have a huge impact on the decisions that we make going forward I think you know um, I'm not sure I would like to be on the train twice a day and then the tube and then running around for lunch and meetings and trying to pack things into the evenings. You know, there's many days I, I don't leave the house at all now, which I can't, couldn't have imagined. You there's know, an efficiency, like you say, a comfort and efficiency that comes from that. So it will be interesting to see kind of how those how the lockdown journey and the feminism journey kind of evolve from from that point. Laura, what do you think feminism has left to achieve? Where do you think we need to get to? Well, gender parity, gender equity for one. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, there's all sorts think of We've stuff. got that though, don't they? Generally, yeah. some people think we've got that. We haven't. You only need to look at those boardroom stats I was talking about at the start of the yeah. podcast to, sh- to show you that, you know, and and when you just think, okay, that's at the very top of the corporate ladder where you're talking about privileged women, generally white women, um, you know, then, you, you know, there's, we had research out today from the London School of Economics that the 30% club got behind and that showed that black women are um, the least likely to be in the UK's top earners. Wow. You know, it wasn't a surprising set of figures but it's damning, isn't it? It's sobering. So I think to assume that feminism's done, you know, we're there, it's it's reached its aim, I think it's wishful thinking. You have to look outside your own bubble, Laura, don't you? You have to look further. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I still think feminism's got quite a long way to go. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Laura. I have loved your insights today. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't talked about, though? Because we have a couple of minutes if you wanted to. I would just say that for those of your listeners, you know, who have had children or have got very young children or thinking about having children, that presents a time in your life where your gender can become forefront of your mind. And so thinking about feminism and what it means to you and what success looks like um, is actually a really valid way to spend time because it kind of I'm not articulating this very well I don't think but knowing that whatever you choose is valid and it's your right to choose you know your definition of feminism and success 
is fine you know it's it's very easy to look at everybody else around us especially on social media and think oh she's doing this so much better than me I better get that promotion I better tidy the house up I better take my joggers off and put you know some button-up jeans back on but that's all pressure it's all noise it's not it's not important I agree I agree I think the idea of having that that space to think about what is important um, and that freedom and that empowerment to know that your journey can be so different to somebody else's and equally as successful in your terms is, is super empowering can I say one more thing actually um I just thought about this um you know I've spent years and years in financial journalism and I have seen you know firsthand the disparity disparity between men's and women's earnings their pensions their financial freedom and independence and I think getting to grips with your own finances should the worst happen should you be bereaved should you get divorced should you you know should some scam artist run away with your life savings whatever you know I think it's really really important to consider your financial independence as a woman however old you are whatever your circumstances you know that's a really important thing and I think it's something that we haven't necessarily had the foundations for often Laura and there's so much money silence that we need to break to get to a space where women can have that independence and can have those conversations and clarity um, and, and just be in a place where there is no vulnerability in those circumstances because that confidence and that ability to keep going and own your own finances exists in those circumstances I think yeah absolutely valid points and um, for those of you who listen along and don't follow me um, actually this is something I talk about an awful lot on my YouTube channel um, because I work exclusively with women who are getting divorced I'm a financial advisor and on there this is a big topic. We talk a lot about how you can gain that insight, what you need to know and when you need to know it um, and how we can kind of rebuild things so that there is more parity. Um, and a lot of that comes from the foundations, getting those foundations in place. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much. I have loved having you along today um, and I very much looking forward to following your career and seeing how you get on at the 30% Club and seeing the huge impact I know that you're going to make there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. You have been listening to the Am I a Feminist podcast. Thank you for listening along to our International Women's Day series. Please do tell your friends and share the details. <laughs>